Hello, and welcome to the Landis Cooperative Experience podcast featuring the bull bear banter. We all know that markets often behave in a way that can't easily be explained. The bull bear banter is our best effort to digest the noise of the marketplace. So thank you for joining us. Sit back, relax, and let's talk about the markets. Hello, this is Tom Guinan, and I want to welcome you to the Friday, December 20th episode of the Bull Bear Banter. Today, I'm joined by Cheyenne Dunham, and she's going to be giving us a recap of the market. Cheyenne? Well, Tom, March 2020 corn ended today at 387 and three quarters, and that was up one and a quarter from yesterday and up six and three quarters cent for the week. Looking at new crop, December 2020 corn finished at 401 and three quarters, which was up one and a quarter cent as well, and for the week, that's up six and a half cents. January soybean futures ended today at 9.28 and a quarter, up three and three quarters cent for the day and 18 cents for the week. And November 2020 soybeans ended unchanged today at 9.66 and a quarter, and that was up 15 and a quarter cent for the week. Well, Cheyenne, I think the big story this week is that there continues to be way more questions than answers. The first thing I've got on my list is it sounds like both sides do agree that there is an agreement between the U.S. and China regarding this phase one. However, no one has signed anything, let alone have anybody seen any of the details. The main question here is what did China agree to purchase and specifically how much? The number of $40 billion more in ag products seems to be the main story. This week there have been several groups trying to figure out how they can buy that much more from the U.S. and it seems like there is a path there. So we're just going to have to be in this wait and see mode for a while yet. USMCA has cleared the House and now it moves on to the Senate. It sounds like it will be passed there without too much disagreement, but the question is when. Senate leaders are indicating it won't happen before an impeachment trial, which brings me to point number three. The House has voted to impeach the president this week, but as of this recording, they have not yet delivered those results to the Senate. And until that happens, the Senate trial cannot get started. So the question here is when will that happen? Senate leaders have indicated that they'd like to wrap that up by the end of the year, so we'll just have to kind of stay tuned there as well and see what happens. Well, Tom, looking at some bull bear points for corn on the bull side, here are the things I'm considering to be bullish for corn. Ethanol production dipped a little last week to 313 million gallons, making it the first week of 12 consecutive weeks that production did not increase. However, that number is still above the 310 million gallons we'll need to average in order to hit the USDA's forecast for corn-based ethanol. Last week, we talked about how the board avoided the September 9th low of 365 and three quarters, and this week, as mentioned earlier, we've gained more than a nickel. Export sales of 67.3 million bushels, while right in the range, were also the highest for this marketing year. As always, keep in mind these are sales, not actual loadings, so things can and generally do change. And finally, inspections were also a marketing year high at 27 million bushels, which was slightly above the expected range and up quite a bit from the previous week's 19.3 million number. Well, Cheyenne, on the bear side, I'd say for corn, the South American weather seems to be getting better, and there are rains in the forecast for Argentina. In general, the world seems to be somewhat oversupplied with feed grains, so if South America has an average crop and we end up planting around 94 million acres next year to corn in the U.S., there will be more than enough corn to go around this time next year. Even though the corn board has been moving higher, the March board seems to run out of steam every time we approach 390. The 100-day moving average is just above 389 tonight. Earlier in the day, we did hit 389.5, but then, once again, we settled below that 100-day average. I think this will be a key level to watch over the next few days. If, and that's a big if, we can manage to close above that 100-day moving average, it could signal higher levels to come. Now, you've got to keep in mind that every day, we drop off a day on the back end and add the current day, so that number does change daily. 
I'm going to continue to keep those 20, 20 acres in the bear column. A lot can change in the next few months, but if we get anywhere close to that 94 million acres, that's a lot higher than this year's 89.9 million planted acres. Well, Tom, it's been a while since it's felt good to be on the bull side of the soybean market, but export inspections for last week were at 46.3 million bushels, which was in line with expectations, even if it was a little lower than last week. A little more than half of these were shipments to China. At 685 million bushels for the crop year, we're now 23% ahead of last year at this time. We need to average 28 million per week to hit USDA's projection this year. Earlier in the week, there was some news about the return of the dollar-per-gallon biodiesel blenders credit. This will apparently be part of the new spending bill. Malaysian palm oil continues to rally, and that has lifted soy oil prices to the highest level in two years. And today marked the 11th day of the past 14 trading days with a higher close than the previous day. We're now just a little more than 25 cents from the high set on October 14th, and this is close to a 60 cent rally in the past three weeks. Well, Cheyenne, on the bear side, um, I really don't have a whole lot to throw in there. I think uh, a lot of the news here lately has been bullish. But while we're still making some U.S. export sales, they are decreasing a bit. And you'd have to think that at some point, buyers will start to look more towards Brazil than the U.S. Well, Tom, I think it's time for our special fun fact thing we have going on. A lot of things going on today or that happened today in history. As far as fun holidays, it's Underdog Day, which happens the third Friday in December. And while that might not be interesting in and of itself, this has actually been an official holiday since 1976. So kind of interesting that we're going on over 40 years of this holiday. And I really haven't heard much about it there. Is this the cartoon underdog? Here I am to save the day? Not, you know, they didn't mention anything like that when I was looking it up. But um, a couple other things that I thought were interesting just because I didn't have a lot of explanation for what that holiday was. Uh, The Louisiana Purchase happened in 1803 on this day. And then in 2007, Queen Elizabeth became the longest living British monarch. And she hit that mark at 81 years, 7 months, and 30 days. And that surpassed the previous record, which was held by Queen Victoria who passed on January 22nd in 1901. So 2007 was a while ago and she's still going strong for that record and holding. So as far as what to watch for in some upcoming events, obviously Christmas is next Wednesday. The Board of Trade will be closing at 12.05 on Tuesday and then will stay closed until Thursday morning at 8.30. Landis Cooperative offices will close at 2 p.m. on Tuesday and reopen Thursday morning. We are starting to roll out our averaging contract for 2020. We do think this is probably the best marketing alternative that we offer. Year in and year out, it performs very well. We encourage you to learn more about it and enroll a percentage of your expected production into this program before the end of February, which is our deadline. January 10th is the next USDA report, and I think there's a lot of people kind of looking for that one, expecting some sort of change to either acres or yield for especially corn, but maybe beans as well. So that'll be the next big event. I understand that we'll have some in-person response on that maybe the week after, so that'll be kind of good to see. And then finally, our Women in Ag event that we call Ventures will be held on February 15th in Ankeny. Stay tuned for more details about this annual event. So Tom, we like to talk about why this all matters. Every year we get a couple of charts updated in our office. These are 10-year continuous corn and soybean charts. We've been looking at that 10-year corn chart a lot lately. Since the middle of 2014, we've had five events above $4. Now these events could be a couple days to as much as two to three weeks, but that's about it. Keep in mind that this chart is for the current or nearby futures month. We've been quoting the December 2020 futures the past few weeks here, and that is currently above $4. 
What this tells me is that by the time we're actively trading December futures for cash corn, the likelihood is pretty overwhelming that it's going to be below $4. In other words, the best time to lock in something above $4 is well before it is the nearby futures month. And as always, we encourage offers. Keep putting them in and let them do the work for you. We both believe it's a good idea to reward this market with some sales, whether that's old crop or new crop. At some point, we are going to run out of steam, so we'd like to see you make some sales before that happens. In conclusion, we just want to say thank you for joining us for the Bull Bear Banter. We both would like to wish you nothing but the best holidays and Christmas season for you and your family. It's kind of the end of the year here, and I think a lot of us agree that 2019 has been kind of a a strange year, and I think we're all going to be happy to put it in the rearview mirror. we just like to wish you the best. If you'd like to contact us, you can send us a tweet to at Landis Co-op or drop an email to podcast at LandisCooperative.com. Our tagline? Bears make money, bulls make money, and pigs just go to market. If you have any questions regarding grain marketing decisions, please reach out to your area grain marketing advisor. Thanks for listening, and we'll both be back again next week. 